This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany, and we begin with constituent questions for Mayor Sheehan. Number one, I want to put out a couch on trash day. Are there special rules I have to follow? Well, the answer to that is not yet. We're actually looking at that very issue, and we are anticipating that we're going to have to make some changes because at this point, you know, the city really takes just about anything that people put mm-hmm. out. So they're used to taking large, uh, you know, uh, things like couches and and, uh, mattresses and household furniture. But if you're putting a number of large uh, objects out, it's important to call General Services at 434-CITY. That's 434-2489 so that we can plan around that pickup. Up a couch. Okay. Question number two. Constituent uh, writes, many times I see people in Albany's parks when it's dark. Do Albany parks have closing times in the summer? Well, our parks do close at dusk year round. And so, uh, you know, they, they do have an official closing time. That said, we tend to leave the lights on in most of our parks until at least 11 p.m. for a few reasons. First of all, public safety. Uh, we, we find that, you know, the parks are safer when we have lights on. We also sometimes have events that go past dark. Um, I know I, for one, I, I walk quite a bit and, uh, mm-hmm. there have been times when I've had to walk from downtown to, uh, over to the New Scotland Ave area, and it's very convenient to to walk right through uh, Washington Park because of the lighting there. Okay. On to some questions from the news. Pedestrian safety. Pedestrian safety continues to be an issue in Albany and surrounding communities. Recent fatality in Cohoes has drawn attention to the issue, and the state and federal governments are putting up money to improve pedestrian safety in this region. What are they doing? That's right, and the state uh, kicked that off in Albany, as a matter of fact, and held a press conference here, and they are committing uh, engineering dollars as well as other funding because this is a very important public safety issue. Uh, Through the help of DOT, we've been able, at 18 of our schools to put in signage that tells drivers how fast they're going and that slows them down. We've made a number of changes and are going to be eventually changing all of our crosswalks to be signalized, to have a countdown, um, to have a, uh, a sound that the pedestrian hears. You know, this is two ways. We've got to slow down and make drivers more aware, but we also have to make pedestrians more aware of what the rules are. And so municipalities can't do this on our own. We really need the help of state and federal government to be able to fund the investment that we need to make to make our roads more pedestrian friendly. Yeah, and one of the big issues is the is the width of some of these roadways. You know, say seven eighty seven. Actually, having a pedestrian across that is is the case in Cohoes. That's right, and you know sometimes it can be frustrating for pedestrians. I know one of the frustrating crosses at in in the city is at State Street at the top of State Street. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it is, you can cross half the street and then you have to wait for the signal to cross the other half. So we get you safely to the median and then the rest of the way across. And that's just because of the way that traffic is, is, um, you know, coming onto that street from Washington, from Eagle, 
Um, but it can be very complicated, and it requires patience on the side of everybody, drivers as well as pedestrians. Okay. Next topic, taxis. The measure to allow ride-sharing services like Uber to operate in the upstate, including the Albany area, did not make it through the legislature. Uh, first, your reaction to that? Well, I'm just I, – I, I, I'm – Disgusted, I think, is not too strong of a word. I think, you know, I have spoken to uh, my fellow mayors across upstate. This was an important initiative for us. We believe it's critical to economic development that all modes of transportation and all technology is available here in upstate New York. Uh, You go across the country to cities big and small, and uh, ride sharing is yet another opportunity And it's another mode of transportation. It's not exclusive. It doesn't put taxi cabs out of business. It doesn't put public transit out of business. It's just another option. And when we are trying to attract businesses to upstate, and those businesses are trying to attract the best and brightest employees, the transportation infrastructure is something that they look at. Millennials are buying fewer and fewer cars. So their dependence Mm -hmm. on ride sharing like Uber and Lyft is significantly higher than people my age, for example. And so I think it's just critically important, and I thought it was critically important that we do this. It should have been done. It's happening across the country, and we need to move the upstate economy into the 21st century. Also on the taxicab front, uh, I believe it's the state has uh, tapped the bus service, CDTA, Capital District Transportation Authority, to oversee taxis. Previously, municipalities such as City of Albany would oversee taxis. I guess the the municipalities have to opt in to this. Do you think Albany should opt in? Or? That, that's right. And I think we have to understand how uh, this is going to work from uh, an operation standpoint. But I have been very supportive of CDTA moving forward with this. John McDonald, who's a former mayor and now our assembly member who represents part of the city of Albany, has been leading the charge. And I think that it's important. Again, you know, ride sharing is not about putting taxis out of business. It is about having a mode of transportation that is critically important. Many of it look at it as like the last mile sort of uh, mode of transportation. But taxis are also important, and I have uh, been very supportive of a regional approach to taxi service. I think that it will improve the quality of taxi service here in upstate. I was speaking with Byron Brown and uh, in Buffalo. He said, you know, they don't have some of the issues that we have here. Mm-hmm. What I hear from business people in Albany is if they have a patron at their restaurant who needs a cab, they'll call three three different cab companies and hope that one of them shows up within a half hour. That's not quality right, service. Right. That's that's not moving our economy forward. And I can see the regional approach to this because they say somebody comes in the Albany airport in Colony, but they want to go to someplace in the state capital in and, Albany. And I think that people get frustrated. Our seniors don't like to use taxis oftentimes because they don't know, number one, is the taxi going to show up when I need it to show up to get me to my appointment on time? And number two, what's it going to cost? Mm. Um, you know, there are legions and legions of stores stories out there of people who've taken the same trip multiple times and paid a different price every time. Now we come to the bus incident. One of three U Albany students has apologized and pleaded guilty 
for her role in that uh, incident uh, back in January, uh, where she admits to fabricating a story that she and two friends were victims of an alleged racial attack. The two other students still maintain their innocence, go to trial in September. What, what do you think about that? Well, you know, this is a story that certainly has captured the attention of the region, and it, it's even been a national story. Uh, and I think it's important that, you know, we look at how we interact, no matter what uh, occurred, something occurred on that bus. You can see the video. Um, and I think it just demonstrates that, um, you know, we can all uh, probably stand to be a little nicer to one another. And, uh, uh, you know, when I look at the behavior that occurred on that bus um, and some of the things that have been said about that bus ride, you know, I think it indicates that as college students, um, you know, we'd like to see a little bit of a different uh, decorum, particularly in public spaces like a bus. Another uh, question, another topic, your place in history. Times Union columnist Paul Grandall puts your election as the first woman mayor in 2013 among the best political races in Albany history. That was his choice of words. Um, the other, uh, some of the other races that made it, uh, Erastus Corning over Republican Carl Toohey for mayor in 1973, the only election won by longtime political boss Dan O'Connell in 1919, David Soares becoming the first African-American DA in the 2004 election. What do you think of being ranked in such, I guess you'd say, distinguished company? Well, you know, I think it's an interesting uh, take on that election. You know, certainly when I was in the midst of it, I wasn't thinking about the historic uh, aspects of it. I really was uh, looking at running a great race because I wanted to serve our community. And I think ultimately history needs to judge us by what we accomplish. And so that's really what I'm focused on. You're listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. I was going to make this question one on the one hand and on the other, but the latest news I see on jobs is good. So, I mean, it's like we got two good, one one not. Uh, the five-county metropolitan area around Albany lost 3,300 jobs the past year, according to the U.S. Labor Department. But the state has just announced that the region has the lowest one of the lowest unemployment rates in the state at 3.7%. And Albany was named, Albany City was named by Forbes magazine as the best city in the country to find a summer job. What's your sense of how Albany and the region are doing? Well, I think that ultimately the uh, labor numbers about job loss is going to be, uh, uh, we're going to see that number change. I've read um, some reports out there about the data, um, and there's some concerns about how the data was collected. And I think that the indicators of strong job growth and of low unemployment uh, have uh, really uh, gained traction, and we are seeing um, an increase in job, an increase in investment here. And we've got to be laser-focused on connecting the residents who live um, in our uh, poorest neighborhoods to the job opportunities that exist because these aren't just jobs at the high end of the, you know, there certainly are a lot of high-tech jobs, but they're not just jobs at the high end. There are jobs, you know, at, at every rung of the labor ladder, and that's what's re really great about what we're seeing with the job growth um, is that there are entry-level opportunities. There are opportunities where uh, there is on-the-job training to allow for job growth. So we really need to ensure that, we're connecting 
uh, residents who are underemployed with those job opportunities. And that's one of the things that we have highly focused on. We did a great job fair uh, that really targeted uh, a number of uh, neighborhoods in the city of Albany, uh, had hundreds of people show up. And, uh, you know, that was it at, over on State Street that we did at the Schenectady mm-hmm. County Community College has a has a um, satellite campus there. Uh, we're working with our young people um, and with employers in the area to get them employed. And so this is a, a real opportunity for us. Well, it seems that Albany's always had the government jobs. I mean, one level or another. But. The tech jobs have really picked up. Isn't that the main point? That's that's right. I mean, if you look regionally, the statistics tell us that actually the percentage of people working in government jobs has gone down, Mm -hmm. and so it it is um, it's still the large one of the largest employers in the region. But that uh, part of the job sector is actually shrinking. Um, Where we're seeing growth is in private sector jobs and private sector employment. It's only when you go west into the Mohawk Valley that the the unemployment rates really, really climb. That's right. And I think that, you know, again, it's about transportation. It's about connecting people to the jobs that exist. But, uh, you know, we really are uh, seeing, I think, strong job growth here. And I think that those Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers, uh, based on what I've read, in all likelihood are going to be revised and, and changed because of the methodology that was used to come up with that number. Let me ask you uh, again, uh, something been with us for a while, what's going on at Madison and New Scotland Avenues? Is it, are they <laughs> still working on the sinkhole? Yes. I mean, unfortunately, uh, as what has happens with some of these projects, the liner that had to be specially made in order to line what was an 1870s brick sewer pipe, um, which would really be impossible to reconstruct at this point. Uh, the liner that came up was not properly refrigerated. It cured, and so it was not able to be used, so they had to make another one. So that's what has delayed that, but we're hoping for uh, the complete uh, the completion of that project very soon. Okay. Albany is home to a number of, of treatment centers uh, for different problems, including drug and alcohol rehab. And uh, an effort to um, tear down an old school building and build a a treatment for a drug and alcohol rehab in the West Hill neighborhood uh, continues in the news. A court ruled uh, this week in favor of the city zoning board, which had uh, said that that neighborhood, uh, the the neighbors complained, uh, saying that there are a lot of uh, such programs or many such programs in, uh, in that neighborhood. The latest from the courts uh, upholds the uh, the city's decision on that, but I gather from what you've told me that the uh, the court action is still uh, continuing. Um, this seems like a worthwhile uh, venture. Uh, why shouldn't it be built there? Well, you know, this is the challenge in a city like Albany. First of all, we have an incredibly high number of non-taxable properties in the city. Um, and this adds to the number of non-taxable properties in the city. And it also adds to our infrastructure costs and the services that we are required to provide. Um, and so we have many neighborhoods in the city that uh, have said that they believe that they are saturated with treatment centers, uh, with, uh, you know, centers that are, are there to um, provide these types of services. And so it's a, it's a matter of density. This is an issue that we're addressing in our rezone. 
Um, we need to have clearer zoning rules and regulations around these types of issues um, because it is also incredibly important that there are places where people can get these types of services. So uh, there is still a federal lawsuit that exists, and so I can't really speak specifically about uh, the RSS uh, case um, but, you know, this is a, an issue that we grapple with. We very much want to provide necessary services, and there's significant need for drug rehabilitation services. Uh, you know, there are not enough beds. Mm-hmm. But the question is about, you know, where and how do you best deliver those services? Is that really the right neighborhood for a recovering addict to be seeking to recover from their addiction? Um, are there alternatives? And so those are the things that we grapple with, and there'll still be more to come with respect to that specific site and, and others um, as the need for more treatment beds is, is we hope, finally met. And RSS uh, is the name of the company that or organization that's proposing the rehab site that's rehabilitation support services another um local controversy gilderland residents oppose apartments residents of gilderland have told the albany common council they oppose a 173 unit apartment complex on laughlin street in albany near suny polytechnic because of traffic concerns they're also worried about uh, flooding. Uh, the Albany Council apparently will be lead agency in the environmental review. Is this project a good idea? I think it's a great opportunity for the city of Albany. As I said, where 80% of our commercial property is non-taxable, more than 60% of our overall property is not taxable. And this is a proposal that would greatly increase the taxable value of a of property that is privately owned, um, and would create new residents that would be walkable to a number of Gilderland businesses. Uh, you know, that's walkable to Stuyvesant Plaza. I think it's uh, a great opportunity for Gilderland as well to benefit from this. I think that the concerns about additional traffic are really, um, you know, to me, uh, overstated when you look at uh, SUNY Poly and U Albany that are right there. Um, you know, these additional residences are not going to contribute significantly. But again, we'll be doing a review um, of the impacts. I, I share uh, the town of Gilderland residents' concerns about flooding um, and about water. You know, those are all important issues that need to be addressed. There needs to be a storm water runoff and management, but that is the reason for an environmental review, and it'll be incumbent upon the developer to address those issues. But I think for an Albany taxpayer standpoint, um, it's good news. And actually, from a, a Gilderland taxpayer standpoint, it's good news because it's more business for um, you know uh, the town of Gilderland. This is Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Time for a few shout-outs. Former fire chief honored in Albany, um, Chief Robert Ferezzi, uh, passed away uh, not too long ago. He was taken from us much too soon. You know, not long after he retired, he became ill. And so um, it was just a very sad day for Albany, for our department. Uh, He really was very committed to our firefighters, to professionalizing the department, to training, uh, to trying to bring in young people through uh, the Explorer program. Uh, so he left quite a legacy and, um, you know, it was really an honor to be able to, uh, to name, um, and have this naming, uh, um, ceremony in his honor. Okay. Um, also in connection with the massacre in Orlando, Albany bars and other establishments been raising money. 
That's right. I attended a fundraiser, a benefit at, at Rocks last Saturday night. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's very, you know, to use that word fun in connection with uh, a benefit for a tragedy that occurred, I guess, um, is, uh, you know, a, a bit odd. But I think to see a community come together and really recognize that uh, we have talents here and we're going to use those talents to raise funds and raise money um, to benefit something that is really, it's beyond words. You know, I don't know how you put what happened in Orlando into words uh, and an entire community is hurting, but that community here in Albany is strong and it's, you know, really coming together to benefit those who were victims of that horrible, horrible um, massacre. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. You can email questions for the mayor to ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov.